Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the build-up as we look ahead to tonight's game against the Caps at SAP Center. Pre-game coverage at 7 o'clock this evening right here on the Sharks Audio Network. The broadcast with Dan Rusinowski starts at 7.30, so join Rusey for all the action right here on the Sharks Audio Network. We're going to start off with a look at everything that is happening around the NHL. There will be no Kevin LeBanc for the Sharks tonight. He has been suspended one game for slew-footing Blues forward Tyler Bozak. You'll recall that happened during Thursday night's loss to St. Louis. LeBanc was assessed a minor penalty at the time. The NHL's Department of Player Safety took a look at it, held a hearing with LeBanc yesterday, and he's out one game without pay. This was what LeBanc had to say after the game on Thursday night. I think, uh, you know, it was just a fast play. Like, I was just trying to go in and beat him to the puck, and, you know, I think he leaned on me, and then we are trying to create a battle, and then we, we kind of ran into each other, and it went down. It wasn't anything intentional. I didn't look at the replay of it, but, I mean, uh, I think uh, we're just trying to battle hard and uh, create a battle in the corner. So he said it was not intentional, but intent is not the issue, and he is out tonight against the Caps. It looks like the Sharks game against the Senators will happen next week as Ottawa is set to return to practice after their COVID-19 outbreak that had 10 of their players in the COVID protocol and caused the postponement of three games. Their practice facility had been closed since the 15th of November, and their next three games were thusly postponed. Eight of the ten players on the COVID list will be returning to practice today. Forward Drake Batherson and blue liner Nikita Zatisev are going to remain in the protocol. Ottawa has not played since the 14th, which was a 4-0 loss to Calgary. These three postponed games for Ottawa were the first games postponed in the NHL this year. Last season, 55 games were postponed, but all were made up. The Senators come to SAP Center on Friday the 24th. Other COVID news, the Islanders Anders Lee and Ross Johnston were placed in the COVID protocol on Friday. They join Josh Bailey, who was already on the protocol. Canadians GM Mark Bougevin has entered the COVID-19 protocol, but the Canadians have not had any players in the protocol. Jared Bednar and his jealousy-inducing locks of hair are not going anywhere that's not Colorado anytime soon. Yesterday, he signed a two-year contract extension that runs through the 2023-2024 season. Bednar is 192, 154, and 40 in six seasons at the helm of Colorado, and they are 24-19 and in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The team has, however, lost in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs in each of the last three seasons. The Avs won the President's Trophy last year, and Bednar is currently in his sixth season at the helm since replacing Patrick Waugh in August of 2016. Last night, the Avs absolutely demolished the Kraken. Looking to make it 4-0. McCarr is back out there after the 76-mile-an-hour Risha. Burakovsky rips it and scores! Andre Burakovsky 
the twisted wrister to make it 4 nothing Colorado. It's his second of the night. Yeah, the Avs went on to absolutely destroy the Kraken by a final of 7-3, to which might make that sound closer than it even was because they were up 7 to nothing at one point. The Canucks got a much-needed 3-2 win over the Jets last night. Vancouver, a surprising slow start, 6-10-2. A lot of people thought they were poised to have a bit of a breakout, if you'll recall, from a lot of our preseason talks that we did, but uh, they've been struggling. So we will see if they can regain themselves and live up to their potential 3-2 win last night. And if we take a look at the standings right now, specifically in the Pacific Division, entering Saturday, Edmonton in first, Calgary in second, Anaheim in third, Vegas in fourth, the Kings in fifth, the Sharks in sixth, and then Vancouver in seventh, Seattle in eighth. If you're looking at what separates the Sharks and the teams in front of them, one point back of L.A., three points back of Vegas, six points back of Anaheim, six points back of Calgary, and seven points back of Edmonton. Again, just to clarify, those were the standings entering today. By the time you listen to this, you might be later in the day. A game has been played or something has happened. So yeah, that's that's what it is as of Saturday morning. The Kings are one step closer to getting Drew Doughty back on the ice as he skated at practice yesterday for the first time since injuring his knee in a knee-to-knee collision back on the 22nd of October in Dallas. Doughty had been off to a nice start on the season. At the time of the injury, he was second on the Kings with seven points through four games and was leading the team and average ice time with 22-37 on the ice per game. L.A. has done well without Doughty going 7-4-1 without the high-priced defenseman. Even more surprising because they lost D-man Sean Walker to a torn ACL and MCL on the 25th of October in a loss to the Blues in St. Louis. The Ducks' Max Comtois is out six weeks after having surgery on his right hand on Thursday. He had a bone removed from his hand after missing the previous three games and being placed on injured reserve last Tuesday. Comtois only had one assist in his first 13 games of the year, a far cry from being Anaheim's leading scorer last year with 16 goals and 17 assists. The Ducks next play the Predators on Monday. Anaheim have been one of the early season surprises, posting a 10-5-3 record. The Edmonton Oilers are going to be without Darnell Nurse for two to three weeks due to a broken finger, an injury that occurred when he blocked a shot in the Oilers' 2-1 shootout win against the Jets on Thursday. Defenseman Slater Cuckoo is out three or four weeks with a lower body injury that he sustained on Thursday, and Oilers goalie Mike Smith has been placed on long-term injured reserve. He is listed as week-to-week. Smith started the first three games for the Oilers this year, then suffered an injury in a win against the Ducks on October 19th. Now, we're going to go a little bit more in-depth on tonight's game against the Caps. We are joined by Samantha Pell of the Washington Post, who covers the Caps. Samantha, what's going on? How are you doing? Oh, you know, not a lot. Uh, Just here in San Jose, you know, the Capitals have two back-to-backs during this road trip, so this is the start of their second uh, set of a back-to-back. So, yeah, just kind of relaxing and getting ready for this weekend. Yeah, you happen to come in when suddenly the the way, the rain is here again. So hopefully you get a little bit of break in that and you can get out and enjoy things. Um, I was laughing to myself looking at the uh, the power play u- units you were tweeting out earlier for the Caps because it doesn't like it doesn't seem real. Like you read those names on paper and you like to see the highlights. Then I saw your tweets and I was like, "Huh, that's quite a challenge for the Sharks potentially." So I'll ask you, what's the latest on TJ Oshie and his foot injury right now? Yeah, so right now, you know, uh, Coach LaViolette said that TJ was a possibility uh, for tomorrow night against the Sharks. Same with Nick Dowd. You know, TJ hasn't played since 
basically October 27th, he hurt his foot in that Detroit game. And he's been in a walking boot ever since. He was in a walking boot just the other day uh, when the team was up in Anaheim and LA playing their back-to-backs there. So really with him, it's just kind of they're progressing and we'll see if they play tomorrow. But all good signs so far. And the thing about this Caps team, and I guess you can fill me in on the 30,000-foot level, is that even with some of the the injuries they've had, it, I mean, there doesn't appear to be any slowing down this team. This team looks every bit as potent as I expected them to be. Yeah, it's been a little bit crazy uh, seeing all the big names that have been out. I mean, the Capitals haven't had Nicholas Backstrom. He's on LTI with a hip injury. You know, Anthony Mantha goes down. TJ Oshie goes down. Dick Dowd has been on IR twice now. So a lot of injuries to this team. And for some reason, they keep on finding ways to win. And that's, you know, a lot of credit to their younger guys. They've all played together in the American Hockey League and Hershey. And they're basically just all back up uh, with Washington right now and really contributing very big minutes. I think the last Capitals game, you know, it was a 0-0 kind of nothing game. And all of a sudden you see guys, you know, getting up and getting into the play and trying to create. And a lot of those like young energetic guys are in the mix there. So I think for the caps, it's been a pretty crazy year to start Uh, a lot of injuries and hopefully, you know, we kind of see some progression there. The guy doing his thing is Alex Ovechkin. Um, I mean, just marching towards history. What's it like from your perspective to see him doing this? Like how, how are you framing it? What's your paradigm? Yeah, I, I think it's funny. I always say this, that I think it was a couple of years ago that everyone I feel like was talking about Ovechkin maybe slowing down. And is this the year that he, you know, doesn't hit 40 or 50? Is this the year that he loses a little bit in his step? And I feel like we started the season this year kind of saying the same thing. And then he comes out and, you know, has 12 goals right off the bat. He's now fourth place overall. And it's like, what else can he not do? And really the only thing he hasn't done this season is score from his office on the power play, which is a little crazy. I think a lot of people maybe underestimate that and think all of his goals come from that spot. He just kind of gets sets up and it's there and he's found ways, you know, different ways to do it this season and credit to him and credit, you know, to maybe some penalty kill and goalies that have figured some things out there. But I think for him, he's just focused. He's ready. He said when he signed his new five-year contract that, you know, he obviously did want to catch Gretzky and that's a goal. And he had that five-year number in mind and he knows the averages that he needs to average to hit that. So I think there's a lot of motivating factors for him. He just, he looks like he came into camp just more motivated than last year as well. What do you think is the story with the overtime losses for the Cavs? I mean, that's, it seems to be a little bit of an aberration, but yeah, I, I always try not to react too much to early season things because it's it's early, I guess, for like a better explanation. Like these things right. tend to level off. Yeah, I think with the overtime periods, I mean, it's been a little bit different every time. I think the major overarching thing is they haven't had a lot of their you know top guys. I mean, Backstrom hasn't been there. You throw in Oshie not being in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the major thing is puck possession. The Capitals just really haven't gotten a lot of puck possession in overtime, and that's because of a lot of lost faceoffs. Again, no Backstrom or no Doubt or no Eller the other night. So it's been a combination of everything. You know, the Caps have had their chances. They just haven't buried them. So, I mean, I, I know it is hard to kind of work on that in a three-on-three setting, but at the end of the day, yeah, 0-5 just needs to be better. Vanacek and Samsonov, uh, that seems like quite the one-two tandem right now. What What are your thoughts? I mean, I think Ilya Samsonov played his best game of the season the other night. Mm-hmm. He had a 34 save shutout. And, you know, I feel like he said that this was kind of maybe a turning point in his season. He felt like he could kind of turn the page and, you know, he wanted that confidence and probably needed that confidence, honestly, after his start to the season. And now we'll see if he kind of gets, you know, in net against San Jose or if it's Seattle. But 
you know, the Caps knew headed into the season, they needed both goaltenders and they needed both kind of work in a tandem. And uh, so far, yeah, they're going back and forth and we'll see if one gets hot and stays in net. But I think that's probably one of the biggest places that the Capitals are just looking for improvement overall before the trade deadline. What are your views on both Anaheim and LA? Because with the Sharks season um, and their schedule, they, you know, they don't see them for a bit here. So tell me a little bit more about our Pacific Division uh, competitors. The Ducks really impressed me, honestly. You know, we don't watch a lot of West Coast hockey um, out on the East Coast. So I, I really thought the Ducks were super impressive. I thought all their young pieces coming together. I think a lot of people didn't think that they would be where they are right now. I think it's very similar to a Columbus team out East. Um, so I was impressed with Anaheim, the way they skated, you know, young, fast. They were kind of, they just made it all work. And the Caps had to work really hard in that game to even force an OT period. And, you know, I think with LA, it was also kind of one of those similar back and forth kind of defensive things. Both teams had their chances. No one could really break through. Always John Nook and Quick is great in net. So I think out of the two, Anaheim uh, really impressed me. If we look, um, you know, kind of bigger picture, what are your perceptions on the Sharks up to this point? Because I know that, like you said, you're, you're on the East Coast. You're, you're not, you know, looking at the Sharks all the time. But this is a team that went from contender to contender, contender, fell off, you know, then the pandemic happened and that season got shut down. And then last year, 56 games were not a, a good team for a number of reasons. This year, you know, game above 500 right now, eight, seven and one. What just, I'm curious what you're reacting to them right now or, or not reacting to, is it just kind of a thing where it's like, well, you know, it's 16 games. There's not a lot to react to. Yeah. Maybe it is kind of just, this is kind of the beginning of the year with the sharks. I think for us, you know, coming in and just at least me watching games and stuff, I'm like, I can't really figure out <laughs> the sharks team exactly to this point. And, you know, it seems like they will be a really tough test for teams and it seems like they've been able to get the offense mm-hmm. and they've been able to be, you know, pretty clean throughout. Um, but I think overall, when, when you just look from a Capitals perspective and coming in, I think the Sharks are a big test for them. When you just look at the amount of games that they've been playing and the way the Sharks play and the way that the Caps are going to have to attack, um, just from that perspective, I think it's going to be a super interesting matchup. In Beyond the injuries, I, which is definitely part of the dynamic with what you've seen from the Caps, like you mentioned um, puck possession and you mentioned face-offs. Like, where are the concerns right now when you watch the Caps? What do you, I mean, again, it's it's tempered by the by the injuries, but like, what are you gravitating towards and saying like, oh, that could turn into a problem or, you know, it's a small sample size, but that seems like it's something that needs to be worked on. Or is there, is it hard for you to even make that assessment because of how it's been? I think the injuries do play a really big role in it, right? You know, when you have a full optimum lineup, you're not going to have some of these young guys that are probably playing last minutes. You're not going to have your superstars like Ovechkin playing 20 plus minutes, you know, every single night, 22, 23, 24. And so it's a little bit hard to judge, at least right now. But I think, honestly, goaltending is probably the biggest question mark just for the rest of the season, just about that consistency. You know, the team is pretty veteran throughout obviously minus these injuries, but I think it's in goal where they're young and they need these reps and, you know, you're going through stretches where you have back-to-backs and really tough opponents and can they kind of rebound and pick up the pace and, you know, be ready for the next game. So I would say that's probably the biggest question mark at this point. And, you know, there's no injuries at that point. Obviously Carolina has definitely made a name for themselves the last couple of seasons. How does Washington view them right now? Are they, you know, do they respect them or do they say like, this is, this is our division. It's, it's cute what you're doing right now, but this is still ours. 
Yeah, they haven't faced Carolina yet. They're going to play them later this month, and I think that'll be a really important matinee game for both of those teams. Just kind of a measuring stick game to see where they're both at. Um, you know, they, you know, they obviously have their goaltending things, and the Caps have their goaltending things. And I think Carolina is, yeah, one of the best teams in that division, really caring right now. And I think the Capitals always look at Carolina. You know, after that first round series that knocked them out, and there's probably a little bit of bad blood there. Um, you know, moving forward, but I think for them, they're a young, fun, energetic team and the Capitals just have to play um, up to par and up to their style and kind of wear them down. So I think everyone knows that Carolina is a good team and, and the Caps respect that. Samantha, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on here and I will see you uh, Saturday night at the tank because we're allowed to see people in human again. That's the thing we do. Absolutely. I can't wait. <laughs> again, that was Samantha Pell of the Washington Post and that conversation was from Friday afternoon. So we've got a couple of things to update you on. The Sharks announced a couple of moves this morning, recalling forwards Noah Greger and Jeffrey VL from the Barracuda. Lane Peterson has been placed on injured reserve. Also seeing that the Caps' Lars Eller is still in the NHL's COVID protocols, according to tweets from Samantha Pell earlier this morning. He is currently quarantining in Anaheim. The Caps did not give any clear timeline on his return. Pell also tweeted that TJ Oshie and Nick Dowd are both game-time decisions for tonight's matchup against the Sharks. Of course, a big problem for the San Jose Sharks tonight will be stopping Alex Ovechkin, who is off to another torrid start. 12 goals and 14 assists, 26 points through just 17 games this year. This is what Bob Bugner said about Ovi before the game. Uh, I don't know. No, I'm not surprised. I think, you know, the one thing with Ovi is being a skilled guy. Um, he could play a lot of different ways, and... Uh, Part of that's because of his passion for the game. I think he uh, he loves to play hockey, and so guys like that, uh, and we've seen it in this organization over the years. The guys that, um, you know, he he hasn't lost a, he hasn't lost any speed. He uh, loves being at the rink every day. So for him, it's like you know, I don't I don't see his. Uh, not uh, um, surprised by his play not dipping off. And I think, you know, you give him credit. He's had some pretty skilled guys around him out of the lineup all year or for most of the year, and uh, and he's still doing it. We also got Bugner's reaction to Kevin LeBanc's one-game suspension. Uh, you know, when it when it happened, uh, I was wondering if it was going to be more than a two-minute penalty. I think, um, you know, I, I, there's two ways I feel about it. As a coach, I think it was a bad penalty. Um, there's no doubt about it. You're 200 feet from your net. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it can't become a pattern with Kevin because it happened in Colorado and, and we had all the flow of the game going our way. And, takes a penalty they score now we're chasing same thing with st louis we had some chances early on in that game carly had a breakaway we got a goal called back we were in that game uh, uh you know and then you take a bad penalty like that and all of a sudden it's in the back of your net and the game's changed so um you know that can't happen on the other side of it when, it, when i'm looking at it as from a um you know outside looking in on, on the head itself you know i understand what kevin was trying to do it was a 50 50 battle i think that uh, he was trying to get leverage and their skates actually clicked when they clicked, Kevin lost his balance and came backwards and his whole momentum took him down. So it looked a lot worse than it was. There was no intent on the play. Kevin's not that kind of player. Never tried to hurt anybody. But, uh, you know, he took ownership of it. I was on the call with him yesterday with the league and uh, uh, with George Peros. And, uh, um, and you know, so it, it is what it is. I mean, he got one game and he's got to learn from it. And, uh, um, you know, and I think he will. He's never... Never had a major other than, I think, a fight in Colorado over the years. So um, he's got to keep his feet moving. He's got to be uh, you know, trying to get to better positioning. So that was Bugner from this morning's practice. The projected lineup has been put out by the San Jose Sharks. Top line, 
Cooch in the center, left wing Meyer, right wing Dolan, Hurdle, second line center, Barbanov on the left, Gregor on the right, third line Benino center, Cagliano on the left, Balsers on the right, fourth line Weatherby in the middle, Gadjevich on the left, Nieto on the right, Ferraro Burns, Middleton Carlson, Vlasic, and Shimek, who is back in the Sharks lineup today. This is going to be a tough game for the San Jose Sharks tonight as there are a lot of categories where the Caps are a lot better than the Sharks. However, the Sharks are the better team on the power play, 20.9% versus 17%, and penalty kill, 88.9% versus 83.7%. So if the Sharks can earn those penalties, something they have had some trouble doing as of late, it would go a long way in helping them tonight in trying to get two points against the Caps. But that wraps it up for this edition of The Buildup. I will see you all tonight at SAP Center, or I will join you on the Sharks audio broadcast in listening to Ruzi on the call as well, which I do do when I am inside the building, of course. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.